It's true. If we can rewire your psychology and your relationships to your health in your life so that you can just be more consistent, it doesn't matter if you do yoga or you ride a bicycle or you lift weights in the gym or you play water polo, like you're moving your body. It doesn't matter if you choose to follow a 100% plant-based diet or if you eat a Mediterranean diet or if you have pasta once in a while, as long as you're making your cluster of decisions moving more consistently in the right direction. And we're back again for another episode of Live Your Truth Now. I am Mike, and to the right of me, on my screen at least, we're recording remotely again, is our guest today, Anthony Balduzzi, and then, of course, my lovely co-host, Katie D'Andrea. Hello, everybody. Yeah, hello, everybody. Exactly. This is a really interesting episode. For me, I have always wanted a doctor to come onto the show and talk about health and fitness and nutrition because it's so important to so many people. And I couldn't think of a better guest than Anthony Balduzzi, who is a friend of Akshay, who we had on the last episode. And to give everybody a little bit of context of who Anthony Balduzzi is, or I should say Dr. Anthony Balduzzi, he's a naturopathic doctor, natural champion, bodybuilder, and founder of the Fit Father Project and Fit Mother Project, which is an online health and fitness communities aimed at empowering busy parents to get healthy, lose weight, and build muscle through practical nutrition and exercise plans. That snippet came from what we discovered a Google-rich algorithm, and which was very concise, super clean. So with that being said, Anthony Balduzzi. Anthony, dude, so glad to have you on the show, my man. Thanks for coming on. Mike, Katie, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, of course, we met through Akshay, and we had definitely had a lot in common. I got to meet you and your lovely wife, Paige. And when you started talking to me about Fifth Father Project, I was just really fascinated by what you had built and just what the the engagement levels and the buy-in of people taking ownership and control of their health. And I thought it was so cool that to have this conversation with you today is, is really going to be a, an amazing one. So... Katie, I know you got a lot of questions and I know your curious mind is just ready to rock and roll. So fire away, my friend, you are up. Thank you for being our guest, Anthony. I'm curious to see where it began. Your journey as a naturopathic doctor, that's probably not what most people assume when you say an MD. And so I'm curious to see why did you choose naturopathy and what's Mm -hmm. that journey been like? Well, it's interesting. You know, growing up, I think I had a childhood like most kids you know, playing outside, tag, riding the bikes, playing some video games, doing all the things. And then my dad started getting sick and he got very sick. He got a terminal cancer diagnosis and he ended up dying at 42 years young. And I was Mm. nine at the time. My little brother was six. And as you can imagine, it just rocked our entire world. And as I watched my dad um, in the last few months, I mean, bedridden, hospice, watching him basically just slip away it really imprinted on me at a young age a couple lessons that I don't think people get to learn until they're older, but I had this nice opportunity when I was very young. And the first lesson was that life is very precious and you don't know how much time you have. And number two, that the health that you have in your body, in your mind, ultimately ends up being the quality of your life. Like my dad worked a long, a long busy life to provide for me, my mom, my, my little brother. In the process, he did lose his health. And so watching him lose that made me incredibly fired up to figure out 
how I could eat healthy, how I could move my body and strengthen it so I could take care of my mom, my little brother, and be around to see my kids and grandkids grow up. So watching my dad by proxy set my life on a path of studying exercise and nutrition. And so when I was nine, dad passed. A couple months later on my 10th birthday, my mom gave me a pair of my dad's old dumbbells. And that's when I started exercising. I mean, I had no idea what I was doing, but you know, I'd seen some curls and some shoulder presses and pushups. And I would do that every night before bed. And I started getting stronger. And I also found that when I exercised, my mood was better. I wasn't as sad. Like in all the, all the, the weeks that my mom and I would just break down crying in the closet, like that stopped happening. I started healing. I started moving forward with my life. Um, and this health stuff was really starting to kind of invigorate um, this life path and this healing journey. And then I got into high school and having exercised and ate right for a couple of years, then I found that I was performing incredibly well, like academically, my mind was sharp. Athletically, I was doing great. Um, my friends started asking me how they could eat healthier and exercise. And, and, and so I started telling them and I had my friends, we'd, we'd pack our lunches before school and carry on our waters and all these things that um, for me were second nature because I knew from a young age how important it was to have systems around your health that would enable you to, you know, to maintain it in the midst of the chaos and busyness of life. Um, that led me into the world of competitive bodybuilding and fitness. And this is kind of the seeds of why I ended up pursuing naturopathic medicine, because I learned that through nutrition, through sleep and through exercise, you could create the most phenomenal transformations with one's body and health. And, and notice I didn't necessarily say prescription medications or, or these kinds of things. I said, like the basic stuff, if we can learn how to properly take care of this human mechanism through the basic variables that we have, the hydration, nutrition, sleep, exercise, and, you know, mindset. If we can get these things aligned and we can be consistent with them, we can create all the changes with our health that we wanted to. And so I, I gained a, an amazing knowledge through bodybuilding of using nutrition exercise to manipulate body composition. And then that led me, you know, in university, I, I did a lot of pre-medical studies and eventually led me to naturopathic medicine, which is founded on the principles of one, treat the whole person, Two, that doctor is teacher. Three, that essentially the doctor's job is to invigorate the body's innate healing capacity. So this is a big difference, I think, philosophically between what we may call allopathic Western medicine and maybe some more traditional naturopathic medicine. There's a lot of ego in modern medicine where it's like doctor is the healer. And that is complete bullshit. The body is the healer. The innate intelligence in the body is the healer. It is the job of the doctor to help facilitate that healing. And the way we facilitate that healing is by giving the body the ingredients it needs, the sunshine, the good water, the right kinds of foods, the proper restorative sleep. And when you create these conditions, the body has its own intelligence to heal and self-correct. Um, and so I fell in love with the medicine, the philosophy, and the approach. And quite frankly, for most people living in Western countries, the diseases that are killing us are cancer, heart disease, diabetes. These are things that are directly related to how we live our lives. There are rare genetic diseases that require certain medications. There, are, there is place for all this kind of stuff, but for most people, they don't need another prescription. This is not why they're not healthy. They need to understand how to lose some weight, maintain that weight, and, and be able to keep these health routines in the midst of a busy life that has most of us very distracted, eating the wrong kinds of foods, and not feeling we have enough time for exercise. So when I was in medical school, I'd watch people come in the door, and I, it was like looking through a time machine seeing my dad. You know, different stories, different faces, different names, but the same kind of thing. We're caught in this very chaotic, busy life, and we're not finding the ability to have these routines with our health. So I started creating them. 
and my patients started getting better. And then the system kind of developed. And then I'm like, wow, what, what would happen if we could roll this out in a bigger way to more guys? And ultimately, that became the Fit Father Project. It didn't start as that. It was first off called Halftime Fitness. Then it became the Healthy Men Project. Then it became the Fit Father Project. And this is how businesses go. But over the course of 10 years, we've had the ability to roll out our program to over 30,000 families in over 100 countries, use our methods to lose weight and live healthier. And then the Fit Mother Project you know, happened as a byproduct because we have all these guys who are like, hey, I have my spouse, I have my daughter, I have my sister, they need to be healthy too. So now we have these two amazing companies. We have a large team and everyone is basically working 24-7 to help our members get healthier using simple, sustainable eating and exercise plans with some coaching to keep people on track. And so that's what I'm passionate about because I have learned this, you know, my journey through watching my dad and taking my health very seriously taught me that the mind and the body are intimately connected. They're not two separate things. When the body is right, the mindset, the positivity, the energy, the emotion that we have, you know, is, is a consequence of having a healthy body. And it works the other way around too, right? When we are, are stressed, when we're depressed, like there's changes that happen biochemically with the body and also with our behaviors. So to help most people these days, get a grasp on improving their life, especially if they're 40 plus, like the majority of people we help. Um, I believe that the best way to start is by getting people on a health routine. And it's just incredible to see the changes that, that can be made at any age. I mean, we've gotten guys to lose 200 pounds. We have men in their eighties who now have six pack abs. Like this stuff is all very possible, but it, it does need to be, you know, done in a proper system that works for people. So that, that's what I do. That's what my day job is. And, and, and other than that, you know, personally, I, I just love studying health, wellness. I love studying mindset, emotions, you know, consciousness, meditation. Like I, I just, I want to always be a lifelong student of, of what it takes to, uh, you know, empower people to live well. And, and that's often testing on myself. And I have the, the nice privilege of having a large customer base of guys that we test these methods on too. Damn, what a story. I know, right? It's like, is there anything you don't do? Uh, yeah, well, I do everything my wife tells me to do, right? So, yeah. you know. get it right between your mind. Yeah, I know. He's all, he's, he knows what he's talking about. Um, and, and, Auntie, yeah. and thank you for sharing that. I just had a quick question for you. Um, you know, there's a lot about your innate desires and your passions to help people become healthier. And you've built this really amazing company with these people who are so dedicated to this mission. And through your own experiences, you've seen the pitfalls right of people getting lost in their own their own mind and you know in the spirit of this show Katie and I love dissecting narratives and we love dissecting stories and this was a question I was going to tee up later but I think you brought so much to the forefront it just kind of got my mind racing and I was like man I got to ask him this now you know I I've heard this before and I'm sure everybody in our audience has heard this I'm sure you have heard this as well working a lot with parents that the one thing that people make excuses about specifically with their health is, is I don't have time. I have kids. I have a job. I have a business. Um, my wife or my husband want time for me and we're trying to find date nights to do this. We're trying to find time to take the kids away for vacation. You know, Dr. Balduzzi, how do you expect me to do a hundred push-ups? How do you expect me to do all these sit-ups? Like what's up? I don't have time to take these supplements. The only thing that I might really have is that to-go sandwich that's in my office cafeteria, maybe pre-COVID. Mm -hmm. Now people are working from home. I'm sure the diet and the nutrition factor may be a little bit different. With all that being said, I would love for you to kind of break down some of the narratives that you're hearing from your from people who, before they walk into Fit Father, Fit Mother Project, what are the stories that they're telling themselves about health? And what do you guys hear 
the most on that forefront when it comes to that. Yeah. Well, very interesting. I, I think let's start with the time one because it's ubiquitous. We all feel it, whether we can, you know, I don't have the time for X blank. I mean, health, health typically is, yep. is something that's a big challenge for most people. So let's talk about that. The first thing I think is important to recognize is that the very nature of our experience in every moment is influenced by the proxy of this body vehicle, right? We have this body, we have sense perception that's kind of coming in. So every experience is colored by the quality of this machinery. So there's really not much that's more fundamental to our life, no matter what we do, than optimizing this vehicle, this vessel, because everything starts to change. And I think this is important because the, the mistake that people make in this narrative is they start to think that their life is over here as one circle, like family, work, responsibilities, hobbies, things you want to do, yeah. and that their health is something completely different. They, they view them as two separate circles. And then you have this game where I have two balls. I got to manage both. And, and that seems like harder than if it was just one thing. Well, this is obviously, as we've, we've started to discuss, like a fallacy. It's truly one thing. It's this body, no matter what you do, you're taking it with you. The quality of your thinking is directly proportional to the stability of your blood sugar, how your neurochemistry is, how energetic your circulation allows you to be, right? So these things are baked into the nature of every bit of experience. So what we help people do before they actually start any of our nutrition or exercise plans is collapse that distinction and start to see that there's only one thing to manage, and that is your life. And the way to do that in the midst of the busyness is to have a system because ultimately what people are doing, if you're off track with your health and fitness, you're eating your exercise, you don't feel like you have a system that's allowing you to check the right boxes that would be good. So you don't have a system for your eating every single day. So you're left to reactionary eating habits. You don't have a plan. So you're doing these kinds of other things, you know, aren't as supportive for your best growth. Same thing with exercise. You've certainly scheduled in other things, right? Meetings, picking up the kids from school, like this and that, yeah. but you feel this, this cognitive dissonance because you feel like I don't have time for this thing that I think I I want to do into my schedule. So our approach with Fit Father, Fit Mother is, is interesting because it's all around helping people develop systems that are custom to their life. But before we get there, it comes down to this, this foundational understanding that the quality of our health is the quality of our life. And if we can optimize our health, then we can optimize the rest of our life. And we have to feel like we're not no longer juggling two separate games. And then when it comes down to actually making this stuff work and taking it out of philosophy into practicality, the way we start with people is on the nutrition side of things. There are so many different diets right now. A lot of people want to sell you so many different diets. And, and it can be really confusing, right? Because there's people getting good results using vastly different methods. There's like really healthy vegan vegetarians. Then you go on YouTube and you see this guy who only eats red meat for a year and seems right. like he's yeah. really I've healthy. I've seen that guy. Right. So Yeah, I've seen that guy. Right. So there's, there's all sorts of different things and, and, and it could be kind of mind boggling. Well, what we like to do is we just, we have a basic philosophy is, is like for most people who want to live healthier, you need to eat more whole non-processed foods. You need to get rid of sugar and you need to have a proactive plan where your nutrition is proactive instead of reactive. And maybe number three is the most important because ultimately the fact that we don't eat healthy is not due to the fact that we don't know what healthy food is. It's not a lack of information. Everyone knows what generally healthy foods are. Like the salmon is probably a better bet than the double cheese pizza or burger, right? It's a matter of behaviors. So how do we manage behaviors? That's how we manage health and nutrition. 
The way we basically help people do that is we help them look at their schedules. What is this busy schedule that you feel like is, is, is preventing you from eating healthier or from creating a system? And we, we create a system inside that pre-existing schedule because we all have our, our flux of all the things that we need to do throughout the week, our, our, our rhythms. So what if we, instead of trying to fit your life rhythm into a very a box or so, or like a is round peg square hole, let's build it into your life. So for example, if you're a person who wakes up very early in the morning, you got to get your kids ready for school, you got to do X, Y, Z, then we're going to build your meal timing to flow very perfectly into that exact setup. And that means you might intermittent fast where someone else might be having breakfast where someone else might be eating these kinds of foods. But our approach is essentially tailoring that down to the person's schedule. And the reason schedule is important is not simply because the meal timing is, is, is so critical. It's we're reducing friction in your life and we're giving you a system that actually fits you like a glove. So naturally our fit father, fit mother members who are, let's just say, um, they're emergency doctors or truck drivers that work the night shift, third shift. Like these people have a different nutrition plan than someone who works out at, let's say like 8am and has a regular schedule. So that's, that's, I think an important aspect of, of how we begin to approach this and then exercise too. I guess it, we'll, we'll talk about those two because people typically think about nutrition exercises as these two levers when it comes to living healthier. The cool news is that the longest living people on the planet, like they don't do P90X, right? You don't go to these like blue zones where all these centenarians are and like they don't have P90X DVDs. Yeah. The human body is built on daily movement. We are meant to just accumulate motion throughout the day. The longest living people typically are farming. They're walking up hills. They're doing these things. So the first best thing for everyone to do is just to accumulate more steps. And that can be done. I mean, that's just a matter of getting up once in a while, taking a walk, taking a family walk after dinner to do improve digestion, but just accumulating motion is the first thing. Then the other good bit of news um, is also that, you know, you can do 30 minute workouts two times a week. I mean, that's like if you're the most busy person on the planet, let's say Elon Musk, even he has time for two 30 minute workouts throughout his week, right? You know, that can give you benefit for multiple days after a proper exercise session. So time is not truly the obstacle. It's do you have a system in your schedule that you've committed to and one that actually is sustainable over the long haul? And oftentimes that takes people really discovering why they want to make this health change and getting into like a, 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 a comprehensive program that kind of walks you to success. Otherwise, people are just dabbling all over the place and not making, you know, true forward progress. Yeah. I'd like to go back to your, your comment on time, that it's not the obstacle. I would say our belief about time is the obstacle. Mm-hmm. That's something I do with a lot of my clients is explore their relationship to time. Is there not enough of it? Is there too much of it? Are they always busy? What is their attitude towards time? Because that dictates a lot about how they create their schedule, if they even create one at all, mm-hmm. and how they make time for themselves. Because if there's not enough time, you're always in a mindset of scarcity, yes. and you're never going to carve out time to do self-care and self-nourishment. Which then brings me down to my next belief is the mindset of self-care. Like you could do all these things. You can exercise. You can eat healthy. You can take your steps. You can be mindful about your movement. What happens if someone doesn't believe that there's an opportunity for them to shift? Yeah, nothing happens, right? I mean, ultimately, all of our decisions are based on our values, whether those are conscious or subconscious. Like, you know, I'm not saying we always live in congruent with those things, but this this is so key, right? That ultimately... One of the first things we do with our programmers to, to make this very tangible is before they start the meal plan or the workout, we have them go through this deep journaling exercise 
of showing how every single thing they do with their their nutrition, their exercise, things in this quote-unquote health domain affects every other area of your life. How does the way you currently eat affect your ability to be a parent? How does it affect your ability to generate money? How does it affect your ability to feel in integrity with yourself? So all these different dimensions. And the idea is that we're going to start to collapse those two seemingly separate domains of your life and your health into one thing where you've made new neuro associations where next time, let's just say you're at that cafeteria and you do have a choice between maybe you're getting that, the, the salad, for example, versus something like the, the double, the double cheese bean burrito thing, right? Now it's not just a decision based on of, of like, you know, what's going to be most tasty. It's, it's like, there's a lot more weight to every single decision. So we need to do rewiring, right? Because we're in ruts because of the way of our thinking and our behaving, we create these grooves and, and regrooving takes some time. But what we find very important is we're not, we're not called the fit man project, the fit woman project. We're called the fit father and fit mother project. And for a lot of people, some of the big motivators to live healthier, it's not just for ourselves. We, we do self-destructive behaviors all the time. It's oftentimes that there are things bigger than ourselves that are worth making changes for. Oftentimes that's our mission. It's our kids. It's our families, our communities, these bigger things. So when you can start to create this bigger narrative, right, you're rebuilding a new narrative, a new narrative of what it would look like if you make changes to your health today, what's it going to look like in five, 10 years? So we're pumping up the, the potential very beautiful future vision of what could happen. You're also seeing stories of guys who are fatter and older than you who've achieved success. So this is obviously possible. And we also help create, you know, the, the, the negative side of the neuroassociation, negative in the sense that like, if changes are not made, what does happen in five to 10 years? It's kind of like future casting that nightmare scenario. Very important because we are hardwired to move towards pain, uh, pain or away, away from pain towards pleasure, right? So we want to get a, a grab, uh, a, a handle on these kinds of psychological levers. And notice this is all this stuff. I, I firmly believe after coaching 30,000 plus people through our programs, that this stuff is more important than me telling you which foods are healthy, how many carbs you should eat during a day and what type of workout you should do. It's true. Like if we can rewire your psychology and your relationships to your health in your life so that you can just be more consistent, it doesn't matter if you do yoga or you ride a bicycle or you lift weights in the gym or you play water polo, like it, you're moving your body. It doesn't matter if you choose to follow a hundred percent plant-based diet, or if you eat a Mediterranean diet, or if you have pasta once in a while, as long as you're making your cluster of decisions, moving more consistently in the right direction, that's what ends up being sustainable. And it comes down right to our relationship to our health, the mindset around why these healthy things matter because ultimately it's amazing, right? What is a healthy life? If not just a stacked number of mostly healthy days, you know, we have, we wake up every single day and, and we have decisions on what we're going to ingest into our bodies, the kinds of nutrition, the fuel, right. the, all these things. And if we can manage each day just a little bit better, which comes down to our system and our relationship to our behaviors and decisions, then we're good. And of course, there's all the other great stuff where we're going to help future Anthony by doing things like some meal prep, by deciding what your favorite healthy go-to foods are and, and buying those in bulk, by figuring out, okay, well, you know, I am busy during lunchtime. I don't have time to pack a lunch and I absolutely refuse to cook. Well, this is why we give our clients like the 50 healthiest things you can order at all the major fast food restaurant chains. Like these, these tools need to be in there because that's kind of when you have all those tools, you have a stronger relationship to why your health matters. You're in a community of people who are supporting you and you're doing stuff that doesn't take a lot of time on the exercise front and still enables you to be flexible, and enjoy your life. That's how you achieve long-term success. That's, that's been our experience with this stuff. Amen.
Yeah, it was good. And it was interesting what you were saying is because I couldn't help but to think about a cheeseburger and a burrito literally within the last 10 minutes because you were talking about that. And I noticed my mind was wandering off to that. And it's funny because every time I talk about health and fitness, and this is just a personal thing for me, I just grew up in an Italian family and I'm assuming Balduzzi is an Italian mm-hmm. last name. It sounds like it. So, so when you're in, yeah, yeah. And you too, Katie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. So you got three Italians. Yeah. We got three Italians on the podcast who are all like were raised in a culture of food. So, you know, I'm like sitting here thinking about like inherently my mind, you're talking about working out and making decisions and doing things from a, from a place of like, how does health affect all the other areas of your life? And I noticed like myself and how I was born and some of the experiences that I had when I was a kid, I'm like, damn, man, pizza would sound awesome right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm like listening to you talk about <laughs> health and making time for fitness. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, you know, I'm sitting there mm-hmm. just thinking like, oh my God, man, this is, I've noticed this pattern keeps showing up in that process. Even like, I don't eat like I play college sports anymore, right? Or I'm mm-hmm. not like carb cycling. I'm like literally finding myself pizza, burrito, burgers, Right. And it's just a thought that crosses my mind. But my point with sharing that is, is I feel like, and maybe, the, and this is just the lens that I'm, I'm examining this through, that I'm not alone in that aspect where those thoughts come through and it's hard to c- control those like impulse cravings where you're just like, oh my God, I need to go get a burger or a pizza right now. I want to speak to this because it is, it is a completely shared human experience, right? I mean, yeah. we're, we're, we're hardwired to crave calorie rich foods. It's in the, it's in the very nature of our, our genetic makeup. Yeah. What we help our clients do, and this is like more of a practical strategy is we think of two types of meals, like meals that are more standardized and meals that are more free flowing. You need both. And what we like to do is standardize the first two meals of the day for most people during the week and allow flexibility and freedom for dinner because we, we have this duality of restriction and of pure eat whatever you want. And you obviously eat whatever you want leads you to a place of being massively overweight and being restricted leads you to a place of, of scarcity. And you have this kind of like binge blow up thing. So you need to find the, this equilibrium between these things. And the way we like to help it do it is you're both busy people. You get up during the day, like you have a standardized Meal number one for a lot of our members, it's a shake. It's some kind of egg recipe. Maybe it's overnight oats, but it's a standardized thing. Why is that helpful? No decision power needed. You already know what it is. It's simple. It's quick. It gets your day going, gives you the micronutrients your body needs for high functioning. And you didn't need to think about it. It's standardized. When we're busy in the beginning of the day, you want something simple. Lunch, also a good idea to standardize. Meal one, meal two. Meal three is something where you can introduce the flexibility, right? You don't have to eat the same things for dinner. It does not have to be a chicken breast. You can go have a, a big pasta dish that your grandmother makes or something like this. It, it all needs to fit into the context of this overall plan. And I especially think for a lot of people who are running businesses, like making those first few meals standardized taking away the decision there is a very, very freeing thing. It'll help you a lot. And then at dinner, you can have, you know, a little more flexibility with that, with that meal. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to reflect back a couple of things that I love that I'm hearing, which is grounding your health journey and your why. Yes. Tapping into your intrinsic motivation to come up with reasons for carving out new habits, which is exactly what I think you were just talking about is make healthy a habit, take out the guessing, taking out the thinking about um, making healthy choices. And so whenever I'm coaching a client into behavior change, it's all about running it in that why. Like, What is that why that's so much bigger than yourself mm-hmm. that enables you to overcome the friction, overcome the cravings, overcome the couch potatoing that inspires you to movement or making those healthier choices, which then leads into becoming who you are. 
we're not just changing ourselves overnight. It's not like a 180 degree shift. I hate yeah, that's good. when people like wake up and say, I'm going to be a vegan. I'm going to be a keto. I'm going to go keto. I'm like fucking 10% <laughs> shifts, 10% changes. Mm-hmm. Because if you make these changes, yeah. your body does not, or your mind does not like the unfamiliar. And so when I advocate for 10% changes, and I'm not sure what you do, but like it helps us understand and shift more easily into this new way of being because we're, we're mm-hmm. wired away from yeah. like, we want to conserve energy. Like that's the brain's fo- focus. And that's why we crave those cal- calorie rich foods to make too many changes too fast. Like it's overwhelming and our brain can't sort of, it can't manage all that change at once. You're absolutely right. And, you know, I'm plus on two of those things. One, the why component massive, like everyone, before they start the program, they write down and they print out a mission statement. So we really like people to do this reflection, actually write it and print it out. People with written goals succeed more than people who don't. Research is very clear about that. So it's it's important. And, and to booby trap your environment to have that up there because it helps kind of uh, present this, this new emotional connection to your health decisions that is going to help you stay on track. And number two, you're, you're so right. Like the, and all the research also is, is quite clear. People are very good at, at making one habit change at a time. Two habits, a lot less likely. Three habits, a lot less likely. Four habits, you're not succeeding at all, right? One Kind of this, this idea of one thing at a time. Now, what's unique is that how you define the scope of that thing can be as big or as small as, as you want it to. Mm-hmm. Um, so for us, the one thing that we have people start with is this nutrition system which ends up kind of being like this, This, what's your meal timing? What are your go-to foods? What is your meal prep ritual? So you, you start there, right? And that gives you some leverage. It gives you a schedule. It gives you a structure that's like a little more tangible. And then you can work the other the, the other pieces in the equation. So um, I, I think we're a mix. Maybe I would say we're, we're, we're helping people ignite in a 180-degree shift in their heart while giving them like a practical you know, let's, let's start small enough that we can be deadly consistent and build on that every single week. You know, and, and I love the the fact that you talked about one habit and that it's just like that, taking that first, just focusing on that, the building blocks, right? You know, houses are built brick by brick. And I think that's so important from the foundational piece as well. So I, I love the conversation that's happening here. We're getting close to the end of our episode, ladies and gentlemen, unfortunately, but there is a couple questions left that I would love to ask you. And I, and I think, I think we, we may have overshot this before because everything you were saying was just, was resonating so well with me in regards to narratives of what parents are telling themselves. Is there a difference that you're seeing with dads and the narratives that they're telling themselves with fitness and what moms are telling themselves? Or, or do you find that even they're the same thing? Is it, is it common across the board, regardless of gender? No, I mean, I, I definitely see gender differences in the narratives. I mean, it, 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 this is like, this is absolutely an individual thing based on someone's life setup, family setup, et cetera. A lot of times what yeah. we find with our, our fit moms is they're managing, um, a lot of them are managing kids. They're managing family house ops and they're managing jobs. And they're getting into a scenario where a lot of times they've put themselves last, last, where it honestly, sometimes it needs to be a shift of radical self-love, self-care, making myself a priority in the middle of the, of the chaos. That's, that's something we see with men too. It seems to be a, a big thing for a lot of moms that are raising kids, and especially now in a like post-COVID world where a lot of kids are at home. Yeah, like It's very easy to, to put yourself last in that respect. So there's some rewiring around that narrative and also showing people that the stuff doesn't have to take as much time, right? You can exercise at home with body weight, for 15 minutes and get phenomenal benefits, right? So, so we give people those tools. Um, 
for the men, you know, I, I think by and large that is a similar enough thing. I think guys, there's, there's more of just a complacency that kind of happens with a lot of men, you know, like the body starts to change, the metabolism change, hormones change. A lot of your friends end up being overweight and you just kind of get stuck in this rut of feeling like your best days are behind you or, you know, that is just how it is from here on out. So for a That's lot of guys, it ends up being a, a reinvigoration of a, uh, a new prime, if you will, that it is possible that it just doesn't have to be a descending journey from here towards, you know, overweight into the wheelchair, that there's a way to turn this around. So for a lot of guys, it's, it's reinvigorating that competitive spirit within themselves that they can turn themselves around and, and, and age backwards. And it is very, very possible. So, you know, like I said, that those same narratives happen with our fit moms too. It, it's a very individual thing. The amazing thing is that each of us, it's just for us to do the inner inquiry through whatever this journaling, uh, visualization kind of exercise we talk about to find what our unique narratives and stories are. And the ones, whatever whatever belief and in there ends up feeling limiting, probably the exact opposite of that is is, is the area where we need to, to grow into that. Katie, you got anything? You look like you got an amazing <laughs> question on board. Well, I'm just laughing because... Uh... Weight loss and living a healthy lifestyle is something that my family has grappled with for a really long time. Like since, I mean, we joke that my mom finally lost her baby weight and I'm 30. And the, the thing I noticed with her was that it finally, her shift, because she's tried every diet under the sun, whether they're healthy or they're not, but she finally made a shift into a lifestyle change. And at the core of that was just like being tired enough of being obese and like wanting to live into her longevity because she wanted to be there for us. And so I love yeah. everything that you've been talking about in this conversation about grounding it in the why, having your North Star, figuring out a system that works for you, carving out the time. And it doesn't have to be a hell of a lot of time a day. It's just, you know, yeah. what's your sacred 20 minutes per day that involves working out. And then maybe it's your 20 minutes on a Sunday where you do meal prep or you think ahead of time or you enlist yep. your support, whatever that looks like for you. I'm not sure what your program looks like. And I would, I can't wait to dive into it. But yeah, that's, that's, I guess what I wanted to share was just the noticing and observing my mom making her big shift. And it was like at the core of it was like, I'm worthy enough for this shift. I'm worthy enough to be around for a while. I'm worthy enough for good health. That's really beautiful to hear. Yeah. And it's been such an honor to see her do that because like I personally took it, I took it personally when she wasn't treating her body right. Mm. right. And so I love the approach from like the fit father and the fit mother project because health is such a family thing. It is right. We're, we're influenced by the behaviors in the environment that we're around. And so big, part of our bigger picture, you know, evil mission here is that we can get fit kids out of this thing too. Yeah, right. So important to, you know, get healthier moms, healthier dads, and it creates a culture of health in the next generation. And that's ultimately how the species continues to do well. It's like we, we help create culture that perpetuates behaviors in a positive direction. And the last thing I'll, I'll share that hasn't explicitly come up here, but it's it's just as important as any of the other components that may have been mentioned is the power of a like-minded community and a system. I think one of the biggest reasons that people succeed on our program is not that we're telling them anything that you couldn't find on the Google, right? You know, we, all these things we might've mentioned, quick workouts, you know, meal prep, uh, you know, managing your schedule, standardizing meals versus free meals. You know, people talk about this stuff. It's the fact that we have thousands and thousands of people in groups together from all over the world, sharing similar mission statements, similar stories, lifting one another up, sharing vulnerably. We're creating transformation in a container together 
we do well together. Uh, every human achievement that's ever been amazing has been done through a group of like-minded people putting effort in a similar direction. So community is huge. And I think a lot of people do struggle because they try to do this stuff alone in silos by themselves. Um, and, and, uh, and you're missing out on a lot of potential power you could get from a great community. So that, that's definitely what I say is like a lot of people tell us the best part is being a part of the group itself. You know, they're like, yeah, I actually do this something different than what you recommend, but being in this group has changed my life. And that's a win, right? That's a beautiful thing about tribe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's so great. And and realizing like you're not alone and to not, let yourself be siloed by the shame. Yeah, that's good. Very cool. So to wrap this up, and again, Anthony, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. And you know, this is this has been insightful for me too, because even when you think you're a health enthusiast or somebody that's fascinated by how the human body works, you just realize how little you know. Especially when you talk to somebody who studies it for a living and is like trying to change people's lives, and even you, you bring stuff to the table. It's definitely shifted the way about how it all starts with just mindset and just one day at a time, one foot in front of the other. So thank you, my friend, for coming on the show. So last thing that we do in in the spirit of tradition, Katie and I always like to add a takeaway for people in our audience to really listen to, because there's a lot of information. Sometimes it can get a little heady. Sometimes we can go down rabbit holes and people can go, dude, I have no idea what I just learned. So we always like to pull it back and just say, what's one thing we want to share with the audience? So Katie, one thing that you learned today that you want to share with the audience? Mm, I loved what you said, Anthony, about designing a system that works for you, like become the author of your structure so that rather than being reactive, you're proactive and responding. Yes. Yeah, that was awesome. It's the truth. It really is. That's what. And also taking up your space and doing it right. Like you deserve to have that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anthony, you are up. Well, a takeaway from this conversation, actually, I mean, might've been what you actually shared very vulnerably, Mike, is like that even if we've studied this stuff, dedicated a lot of time and energy, we still have these, as humans, we still have these habitual patterns of our mind. Like the mind goes off on this desire for pizza and stuff like that. And like, this is not stuff that necessarily goes away. I've been doing this health stuff for like 20, 30 years. Like I still have food cravings sometimes. Like those don't magically vanish, right? But but I think our ability to to sit with that, accept that, share that, and still make choices that are aligned with our like highest values and purpose, like that's amazing. Uh, and also the balance of knowing that you can still have your pizza and your tacos or whatever the heck you like. Mm. It just can be involved in the context of a bigger plan. Yeah, no, and that's great. And I would probably say I learned how much I love pizza on this episode. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. I would say the one thing that I learned that I think it's important for our audience members as well. And again, thank you both for joining as usual, Katie. But you, you know, Anthony, you were you were amazing today. I think it's just for everybody to think about the power of tribe and community, especially when it comes to changing your body and changing your mind. It's not easy. I at one point in my life was a drinker. And I was overweight and I didn't like myself. And if it's not something that you just magically one day you wake up and it's just you're no longer an alcoholic and you're no longer fat and you're no longer depressed, Mm -hmm. uh, it takes a series of movements that act as a chain. And it takes an ability for you to get a support network as well. So even when the days that you don't feel like you're making a whole lot of progress, there's somebody to reinforce the idea that you did better today than you did yesterday. So I would just say for everybody out there, think about tribe and community and lean into those. 
it doesn't take a long time. And I believe to, to change your body and your mind, it just takes consistent and constant effort. So on that note, I'd like to thank Anthony again. Thanks, man. Appreciate you being here. Katie, as always, rock star co-host. We will see you guys next week. We have no clue what we're going to talk about next week, but that's what's fun about our show is, is that- I have some ideas. I've been journaling. Well, we have some ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we have some ideas. We actually, we're really excited because I think, Katie, we could talk about- Actually, you know what? I'll commit to this because it's on an episode and we should commit to this. <laughs> Nothing like some accountability. Yeah, yeah. We're going to be accountable in this. We're going to talk about lying next week. Katie and I have been like really fascinated about the narratives around lying and why we lie. So until then, I'm Mike. I'm Katie. And we will see you next time.